It's a peaceful protest. We walking, raising awareness. Some of the injustice that we've been seeing is not okay. And as a young person, you gotta you gotta listen to our perspective. Our voices need to be heard. People are gonna look back. Our kids are gonna look back at this and say, "You were a part of that." I got a grandfather that marched next to Dr. King in the '60s, and he was amazing. He would be proud to see us all here. We gotta keep pushing forward. Sports are like the reward of a functional society. Sirius XM Sports presents Forward Progress, a weekly open conversation on race and sports in America. Here are your hosts, Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. Welcome in, welcome in. No, this is not Jax. No, Jax didn't change his voice, so we're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, but this is Kirk Morrison. Welcome in to Forward Progress. My guy, Amin El Hassan, is joining me today. He's in for Jackson. We got a nice little show for you planned today. We're going to talk about uh, something that's kind of near and dear to me in terms of, and I think Amin as well, when we talk about uh, voices or the code switching, which is something that kind of been brought up over the last couple of days. Deion Sanders, coach of the uh, Jackson State University football team, um, had some thoughts about that this week, sort of blew up over social media. We'll get into that. And I got a treat for you. Brandon Copeland, NFL linebacker, also now a Sirius XM podcast host. He's got a little something I want you guys to uh, listen to and talk about. He's got a nice little podcast. Can't wait to talk to him. And oh, yeah, the NBA is back. We're going to get into that as well. But let's start here. Uh, Amin, um, this week or this past week, I should say, uh, Deion Sanders had a, a sort of a, a conversation going with his uh, on air radio host that's doing an interview with him. And it didn't I won't necessarily say it got heated. It was more about a back and forth about what voice to use, what not voice to like keep it real. Mm -hmm. And it, it was kind of awkward. Hold on. I want you to take a listen to this. Hold on. Here's Deion Sanders this week. Now is Jackson State head football coach, Coach Prime. Coach, how you feeling today? No, straight up. I always ask you, how you feel. I was not talking like that just two minutes ago. I Can you do the interview? Can you come in like you normally sound? I just want to be clear and concise. And professional? Yes, sir. So being you is not professional. Well, I mean, I can't say it was up, Cole. I can't do that. I ain't actually do that. I just want you to be you. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Let me start over. Right. All right. Joining me is Jackson State Coach, Coach Prime. Is that the, is that the same? Dog, it's the same. Like, just be you. Just try your best to be you. Okay. All right. I, I thought I was doing that. But anyway, um, I want to just ask you. You feeling okay? See, like, if I say, man, what's up, Rob J? That's me. Mm. What's up, Rob J? You, you know the difference? You, did you see the difference? Uh -huh. That's what you do. <laughs> and I don't know who you're trying to please out there, but just I just want you to try your best to be you. Okay. All right. How you feeling today? Much better. I feel good. So, yeah, uh, I know that was awkward. I mean, I mean, <laughs> but our, produ our producer Purnell just put in the chat awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It honestly, when I first saw it, the, immediately the first time I saw it, it did. It kind of triggered me because mm -hmm. it triggered me because I've had those same conversations with my boys. Right. Mm. Guys who I've you know been to high school, college with. We all have a dialect. We all have a mm -hmm. uh, 
a way of talking to each other. And every time, and I'm going to be honest, this is what we do here for progress as a broadcaster for college football, NFL as well. A lot of guys, a lot of times when I'm on air, guys, my, my friends and buddies of mine say, man, you know, you sound like a white dude sometimes. I'm like, what does that mean, <laughs> bro? Like, tell me, what does that mean? Like, how do I sound like a white? Is it not just because it's, it don't sound like the Kirk who we know, the guy who, mm-hmm. who we sit down and talking to. And so to me, it's kind of like a slap in the face, basically saying, hey, you code switch when you're on air. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, am I really doing that? you're a personality on air, radio, television, you do it all as well. I know you've probably have heard this before from others, but Mm -hmm. what do you say to people who talk about sort of a code switch? So in my mind, I don't think I do that as much. Right. But like you said, you get back around your boys or sometimes around other people who don't know you that well, like your friends of friends. Right. And it's pointed it out. So I most notice it when I'm with friends and they tell me, man, my boy, who I don't know. Oh, <laughs> he's a hell oh, man. Oh, means this or whatever. And then they, they met you and they're like, oh, snap. Like he's different. Oh, he a dude. He a brother. <laughs> and, and yeah, because I'm like, because my typical everyday speech involves a little bit more four letter words than probably my mom and dad would, would appreciate out of me. But that's, Correct. that's my usual. But I understand when I'm at the job, I'm at the job. I have to present in a certain way. And that's true of every Black person in America, I believe. Unless you're Mm -hmm. working in a very specialized industry. If you're working in any sort of corporate America job, there is an element of kind of tailoring that you do to your audience. Correct. Part of that is, I think, is just, it's, you you don't even think about it. It happens by itself. And part of that is on purpose because you realize I can say the most intelligent thing ever. But if I do it in a way that the audience receiving it does not respect what I'm saying, then it's in a vacuum. And am I, as a credit to my people, better suited to be in those rooms and and deliver the message or to deliver it the way I want to deliver it and never get to those rooms. Mm. It seems like a silly kind of thing, a hill to die on. Oh, I want to say it the way I want to say it. And if I don't say it the way I want to say it, then I don't want to do it at all. No, the important thing is the message, not how the message is delivered. Yeah. So there's a part of that, like I said, it's not just media. It's it's all of us who have like nine to five jobs, pretty much. We go through this on a daily basis. But then on another level, when you're talking media, you are in essence, we, we are in a communication business. Mm-hmm. We are trying to send a message. We want it to be received positively. Correct. Whatever we're saying. If I say it in a way that is either dismissed or not understood, then I have failed in my job. So I got to do it in a way that I make sure my message is heard and heard the way I want it to be understood. Yeah. What Dion was doing is like, I like it. I like the idea that I would love a world where I don't have to refine myself as much. Refine is not even the right word because it makes it seem like what was before was crude. I don't have to tailor the way I talk. I would love that. But that's not the reality that we live in. Yeah, I, I think what 
I, I tell a lot of my friends is that I understand if I was just talking to you, if I'm broadcasting a football game to you, if I'm doing a radio show to you, I can talk that way because you understand everything that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember the audience who I'm preaching to, who I'm talking to, they may not understand. And I remember I got called into the principal's office early in, early on, early on, mm-hmm. because, <laughs> you know, this is part of being making sure that you're speaking correctly, eloquently, mm-hmm. with great, with good dialect. Because I'm like, man, I'm about to ask Amin a question. He said, wait, did you say ask or ask? <laughs> because when you're talking with your feet, you're relaxed, your dialect's a yeah. little bit different. And I had to correct myself now. And that's that's one of the things to this day. I will stress the word ask and get that K out of me because I got a little loop when I was earlier in my years. Right. I was loose. But you got to be able to remember that this English language in which I'm speaking in the broadcast that I do, uh, there are people listening from ages that range from young adult, I mean, young kids all the mm-hmm. way to older adults. And so the main thing that I'm trying to get across is that they all understand and not have to go back and say, hey, what was that? What does he mean? Mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't get that or not. I, I've never heard that word or that term. Or if I use a term, I will explain what that term yep. means. And so it's not necessarily of me. I tell my boys, it's not me talking in a different voice or talking, quote unquote, my air quotes, I throw them up talking white. I'm actually talking so that people understand. I'm, I'm simplifying. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm simplifying. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I'm simplifying. Like what you're doing again, it's the essence of communication. As humans, when we talk or write or whatever, communicate in any way, what is our purpose? I want the person I'm talking to to understand what I'm saying. Right. It would be like walking in a room and they're just talking in French. Like <laughs> I might be eloquent and all my French speaking homies might love it, but guess what? If there's 10 people in the room and eight of them don't speak French, mm. then what did I accomplish by delivering my message in a different language? Right. I didn't yeah. accomplish much. It's not a, a a lot of times I feel like as a culture, we 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 almost feel like someone is degrading themselves mm. by changing how you speak for a different audience. I want them to hear what I have to say. Correct. I could speak in a way that makes everybody that, that, you know, on this side feel comfortable. But if my message is not received, then what have I done? The importance is what I'm saying. That's the important part. And so my mission is to take that important part and convey it in a way. It's like if I was transporting a nuclear bomb, Mm. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to transport it in the same way that I'm transporting a suitcase of my, my clothes that I can throw on a conveyor belt, whatever, like, you know, do whatever with, but this is something important. I want it to get to its destination safely. So mm-hmm. yes, I am going to carry it differently because of the nature of what I have and where it's going. And that doesn't make me different or sold out or whatever. Right. It just makes me cognizant of, I know this needs to get across over there and it can't just go any which way. Mm. 
I know we got to take a break, but it just makes, you know, God rest his soul, rest in peace, man. The great Stuart Scott was one mm-hmm. of the guys who I looked up to, but was able to, in a way, be authentic, mm-hmm. but yet also eloquently speak to where everybody could understand. That is it. People don't, that is a gift. That is, that is very difficult to do. You got to work hard at it, but he was able to do that. So the late great Stuart Scott absolutely yeah. was a trailblazer in that field in mm-hmm. terms of introducing these terminologies and doing it in a way that made it gradual for a Correct. larger audience that was not aware of any of that. Correct. But then also, I'm a I'm a I'm a stick up for our guy. Yeah. Jason Jackson was one of the early guys in the that early as dudes. Well. Yeah, absolutely. He was one of one of the the forerunners of this, coming mm-hmm. in on the heels of Stuart Scott. Correct. And he was a guy that had to fight these kind of pressures yeah. to be able to be himself and use terminologies. But at the same time, he knew and understood, and he still does, obviously, how to make it accessible. Because that's, yes. at the end of the day, what we're talking about is accessibility, is the idea that I'm not speaking to one group or another. I'm speaking to as large or broad a demographic as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great discussion. Appreciate Prime for bringing that up because it definitely caught like wildfire throughout the uh, social media world. But we're going to take a break here on Forward Progress. Coming up next, Brandon Copeland, former or current NFL linebacker. But he's doing right now something I think a lot more guys in the NFL should be doing. He's speaking, but he's speaking on a podcast talking about money music and culture that's the name of the podcast we'll have brandon copeland on coming up next talking about his podcast right here on forward progress you're listening to forward progress on sirius xm radio yes indeed welcome back to forward progress i am kirk and i'm alongside one of my uh nfl brethren i love that when i get my nfl brethren on man it's my guy brandon copeland the pride of penn university Joining Forward Progress, man. He is a uh, a 10-year NFL vet. You can see him all over the gridiron. Uh, but more importantly, man, it's what my guy does off the field. That's right. The off-the-field endeavors for Mr. Brandon Copeland. He is the host of the Money Music Culture podcast right here on the SiriusXM Podcast Network. Money Music Culture, it brings the main street, breaking down key financial lessons from the mainstream culture. That's what it's all about, man. It is Mr. Brandon Copeland joined by musician Ross Mack. They share stories. They dissect songs. They talk about money, literature, a little bit of everything. And I'm so excited to have Brandon on Forward Progress. Brandon, man, appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Man, how did you get into the uh, into the podcasting world, first of all? Yeah, well, first and foremost, Kirk, I appreciate you having me on, man. appreciate you taking the time and, and love what you're doing here on Forward Progress. And, uh, so it's an honor to be here on your platform, man. And and in terms of uh, the podcasting space, uh, you know, for me, it was just about finding a, a different way to get my message to hit with people. So being an educator, uh, it was just crazy to say uh, the way I said that. So naturally now it's like, it's crazy. <laughs> I would have never thought growing up I'd be teaching a course or anything like that. But uh, being an educator, you under, you start to understand after doing this for four years, you know, that different people learn in different ways, right? Growing up, you understand that, you know, for some people, it's you, you learn and retain information in a different way. And so for me, uh, we've created different ways to uh, deliver financial education information to those that are interested in it or seeking that knowledge. And so for Money Music Culture and the podcast space, 
that is that way or that vehicle for that. We got e-courses, we're doing books, but for those people who want to get in the car and listen or listen during their workout or watch it on, on, you know, TV or, or something like that, or pull it up on their, their smartphone, um, you know, we've wanted to find a way to reach them and reach that audience. And, and that's, you know, money, music, culture, you know, that's one of the most, uh, I think, authentic versions of um, the conversations around money, because it's not a class, it's not slides, it's a conversation, it's a back and forth. You know, Brian, I want to take you back, though, because, you know, me being a former player, um, whenever you got a guy from the Ivy League playing mm-hmm. in the NFL, it's always different because you're all like, man, do what you're doing here. Because you've gone, <laughs> and I know you've got this throughout your NFL career because you get guys who are from the Ivy League, and it's like, man, how you get both the best of both worlds? You have mm-hmm. a situation where you go into a prestigious university, you, I mentioned, going to Penn University. But then getting the opportunity to play into the National Football League, I've always felt that guys like you come in with a bigger chip on their shoulder because you're overlooked. You're seen as a brainiac, not necessarily a football player. So starting when you first got to the NFL and earned your way on, what kind of things did you have to fend off? Yeah, I think, like you said, it's the stigma. When you look around, um, you know, at the Ivy League guys in the NFL, a lot of them stick around for a long time. On time, so I think that first and foremost was helped me. I'll, I'll speak from that perspective, right? Like, was one I did come into the league with a, a major chip on my shoulder. Um, you know, one just not being drafted. You know, I thought I was right. good enough to be drafted, and and um, you know, I remember the Ravens calling and saying, "Hey, you know, they had three picks left, and they called maybe in the fifth round, and they were like, you know, we we want to take you after the draft." I'm like, "Well, I see these picks. What you talking about? We, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, y'all better get me. Somebody gonna come get me. You better get me. No, you know." Clearly, nobody was coming to get me. Um, so I remember just being, you know, signing and just having a, a huge chip on my shoulder because for me, it's just a respect thing. And then, like you said, um, too, it's it's fighting the stigma of, of you know, in, in some regards, it's, it's crazy how the league has changed over the last 10 years since I've been in here. But, like, I remember when I came into the league, it was a whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you know, keep them off the field pursuits. Like, you might want to keep that down. Like, they might not really want to hear that, right? And, and for me, I remember at a certain point in my career, it was like, I want you to, well, one, I, I got better as a player where I felt more confident in myself on the field and I was one of the best players on the field. Uh, but, two, uh, more importantly, it was like I, I got – I, I'm not going to limit who I am so that you all feel comfortable. I'm just going to be that damn good that you can't get rid of me. Right. And so I remember, you know, I remember the first off season where, you know, a story came out that I interned on wall street in the off season. And then, you know, for me, I go into the building, I don't bring that stuff up, but people come up to me, coaches will start saying stuff and people come up and not in a negative way. Hey, can we, can you mind if we talk? one-on-one after this or you might if we talk about real estate or, or whatever which is all positive stuff but right. to me that means you know the way I internalize it is okay hey they're talking about it somebody is spreading this around which is good but that means I can't go out here and make a mistake on the field in terms of playbook like if I make a playbook mistake meaning like I make the I do the wrong assignment I have a mental error I'm in the wrong place wrong spot then the first thing somebody's going to say if if you have, if you spend more time focusing on on your football and not that real estate or not that whatever, right? Like, right, so right, for right. me, let alone other people fill that time with video games and other stuff, right? Like, I just fill it with 
networking and and self-development things for for my own off the field businesses so for me i I guess to, to answer your question it it i internalized it to give me to put more pressure on myself to be extremely detailed and correct on the field because i knew if i made a mistake now the mistake would be even more amplified as the Ivy League guy who we don't think should be there in the first place. But then two, as the guy who's also notably being distracted off the field by these off the field pursuits, he's not focusing enough on football. And, you know, the, obviously the, the now the narrative is, is definitely changed amongst athletes and, and things. So it's, it's definitely a, a more um, open time to be an athlete and to be pursuing other things off the field. Uh, but, you know, for me, that was the biggest thing that I had to fight. And and I can remember times of like, OK, you know, you know, there's certain places and, you know, it's just strategy, I, I guess, as well, too. You know, it's game theory to a certain extent. It's like I remember going into buildings and facilities and a lot of guys, when they get signed, sometimes they dress up, you know, right. like you want to dress up. Some guys will wear a suit, show that you're professional and all that stuff. For me, I'm like, well, they're expecting that from me. And they're going to think that they're they're going to put me in a different bucket from the Ivy League bucket. So, no, nah, we're not. I'm a, I'm a dress up in my way, jeans or whatever, right? But, like, I'm not wearing a suit because that's going to just check a box for you and you're going to put me in a different bucket wow. mentally. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, you know, in, in, in other circles, you know, where some guys will show up business casual and other networking circles, right? Some guys will show up business casual. But me, I'm going in there as an NFL player. So they have a different mentality. Right. And so mm-hmm. now I show up there in a suit and it's like, oh, like, oh, OK. You know, it, it just it, uh, you know, for, for me, it's just understanding the rooms that I'm walking into and then also understanding the mental um, beliefs people have about you based on your background and where you come from. And then the goal for me has always been, you know, we were kind of talking about this a little, little offline. Right. The goal for me mm-hmm. has always been to work so hard to get where I need to get and I'm still going still got places to go don't get me wrong still have dreams but like work so hard to get where I need to get where now I can walk in the room however the hell I want to walk in the room (laughs) and like if you want to do work with me great if not your loss keep it pushing like you know what I'm saying so and now I don't have that mental I don't necessarily always have to have that mental thought of like okay well how should I dress now or how should I do this or or what game am I playing now? I'm more of like, it's, I'm Brandon Copeland. I've proven my value to, to the world. If you don't see it, that's cool. I don't need to waste time trying to validate myself to you anymore. As a football player, as a businessman, as an entrepreneur, you know, insert whatever <laughs> blank you want to insert. Yeah, you heard it right there. He's Brandon Copeland. He's the host of the MMC, the Money Music Culture Podcast right here on the SiriusXM Network, podcast network and Brandon's joining for progress today. Brandon, you know, it's one of the things is that I'm watching you kind of go through that process. Uh, I'm, I went through the process where you play in the National Football League for a very long time. And then at some point, it just clicks to where you like, I know I'm not going to do this forever, but I have to start putting my imprint on what I want to do for life after football. Obviously, you're starting a podcast, but more importantly, you also a teacher. You tried to talk about it a little bit earlier, glossed over it a little bit, but you've been able to be an educator and a teacher. So when you're off the field now and you start to think about what life may be 10, 15, whatever it may be, when you're done playing from the National Football League, at what point did you say, you know what? I feel like this is the avenue I want to go in. 
Yeah. Um, man, that, that's for me, it's always been about legacy because I understand that, like, you know, if I go into a room, I ask who's the starting linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks in 2011, right? Like, there's going to be some diehard Seahawks fan that'd be like, oh, man, like, it was such and such. And, right. You know, but most people are going to be like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, who was the starting defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys in 1996, right? Like, I'm sure it's out there, but right. like, I don't know, you know? And so for me, even in high school, like I kind of realized like it, this is fleeting, right? Like one day, as crazy as it sounds, one day nobody will be talking about Michael Jordan. Like kids and people will be like, like, like 200 years from now, you're going to be like Michael Jordan, like LeBron James, right? Now they will be talking about, they might be talking about the Jays. They'll be talking about the empire that they built. They, LeBron, right. they might be talking about the school, right? Like, mm, But like, crazy. we don't pull up old film of old Olympians running track, right? Like we we might hear a name or two, don't get me wrong, but you hear about Achilles, you hear about some warriors, things like that. And so I know this is, sounds wild, but that's like the perspective I have. And so I'm like, all right, well, if all of this stuff is fleeting, what can I do that's going to give me like, legacy and impact and that's what drives drives a lot of the decisions that I make and so for me it's been using the football platform to try to build and do things that have a long-lasting impact so like you said with the being, becoming a professor uh we started teaching a course for those who don't know it's called life 101 it's a course on as simple as that sounds every financial decision that you deal with in life we talk about them in class or most of them right so it, buying a property, buying your first house, renting a home, your credit, what is your credit score? What goes into it? Why, why is it what it is, right? How you improve it, all those things, insurance, budgeting, retirement, investing, all of these things that I feel like we should be talking about in school at some point, because it's things that we actually use in our lives. So we'd started that course, but for me, the, 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 I guess the, the businessman in me is like, as soon as we started at Penn, that was for just the stamp of like, yo, this is a Ivy League course, right? Like they, they're not letting no bullshit course come up in this door, right? So right. now, you know, I got this Ivy League course, but I've always been focused on how do I get it to the high school version of me in Baltimore and the high school version of my grandparents in Mississippi? How do I get it around the country? How do I scale it? And so that's what we've done now with Life 101. We've proven the concept with, with at Penn, um, we're doing it. We're going on our fifth year doing it this off season. Um, but now you literally anybody in the world can take our course. If they go to life101.io and they have there's free resources there. There's the e-course. And we're just going to continue to build out courses that actually help you live your life and actually help you make money decisions confidently. Because a lot of these decisions, you know, as an athlete, mm -hmm. a lot of these decisions we make for the first time when we have money. It's like, whoa, hold up. <laughs> Can we uh, talk about this for a second, right? Like, y'all want me to invest in my 401k? What is this? Uh, how come I didn't learn about what a 401k was in school, right? Like, what, what are we talking about here? You know, and so that's what yeah. we do with Life 101. We keep it simple and we have fun doing it. You know, one of the things is, I, I know you, Brandon, is that you walk through a locker room and you've been through a couple of different locker rooms throughout your career, playing with different mm -hmm. teams. And guys, they know you. And so they kind of, it's always funny, the, 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 the toughest guys, will come up to you possibly and be like, hey, man, can you tell me a little bit about real estate? Can you tell me a little <laughs> bit about this? And you're like, wait, you're the toughest dude on the team and you act yeah. that. And I only bring that up because I feel like you've done a great job in bringing, I guess, Wall Street to the Main Street or the Street View. Mm -hmm. 
in terms of your podcast, the Money Music Culture Podcast. You're 12 episodes in, but for people who are listening now and for some of your teammates out there who were like, man, I want to get into this, get in, I say, hey, turn on the podcast. What will they get in tuning in to the Money Music Culture Podcast? Yeah, that is, that's a great question. They're going to get a lot of amazing conversations. You know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a co-host, Ross Mack, who is, you know, killing it in his own right, you know, former Wall Street um, trader, um, you know, entrepreneur in his own right, musician. Uh, he's got a show on Netflix, Get Smart With Money, um, where he's helping an NFL player, T. Tabor, get his money right. You know what I'm saying? That's my co-host, right? Like, mm -hmm. we got a show on Netflix by my house where we're doing, I'm a, basically, it's a real estate version of Shark Tank, and I'm one of the, the sharks, right? Like, um, and so when you have those types of minds having conversations, one, these are these are some high level conversations about money and around money, which is dope. But we're doing it in just, you know, a digestible way. It's just our, it's just us having literally some fun discussions. And then what we do is we also bring on some guests who have some amazing experiences. We brought on uh, players, we brought on athletes, of course, we brought on team owners, we brought on league owners, right? Like we haven't released this episode yet, but we got the Formula One racing team owner who's now by giving those those types of uh given that type of experience and, and the opportunity to hear that type of experience and hear how he went from becoming a baseball agent to now owning teams, right? Like it's pretty cool, right? It it gives you a chance to to get an MBA without having to go take you know pay the tuition right. from a, a, a school to get get your mba you know what i'm saying so right um in terms of what people can expect is again just down to earth conversation um just literally like sitting in your crib watching a game and just having a conversation around money the same way you talk about sports and and what happened in the warriors lakers game last night which i didn't watch um <laughs> but the same way you talk about that is the same way we should be talking about money and how we're putting money away for our kids and things like that and then the other thing is that the reason money music culture is like we love music i love music so we listen to a lot of our, our favorite songs and we take some of the lyrics from those songs and we talk about them we talk about the financial literacy lesson in them and the financial education lesson in them right so you know little baby says you know i make money off all types of shit i got stocks for me and my children okay cool right like Kendrick says, I remember looking at a, a check at 400K. I remember looking at a check for like 400K, didn't know what to do with it, right? So it sat in my Chase Bank account, right? All right, well, so now it's sitting. Well, let's let's tell you about inflation. Let's talk to you about why sitting your money in the bank is, is cool, but you're losing money through to inflation and why we really need to find ways to put that to work through assets, right? And so, mm -hmm. again, there's so many different layers to our conversations, but it's all around self-development and making everybody who's listening understand some things that we've seen just being in the different conversations we've been in but also really understand what these principles what this language is actually referring to so that we can use it for ourselves when and where it makes sense He's Brandon Copeland. He's the uh, host of the Money Music Culture Podcast right here on the Sirius XM Podcast Network. And look here, Brandon, I'm uh, just a couple more minutes with you because uh, I, I know that now as a, as a football player currently, as a now host of your own podcast, uh, as a Penn graduate, uh, you know, a lot of times, and I know this is sometimes about myself as well, being in the, in the media, being able to talk online or talk in public, talk in a uh, in a form 
that people look at you possibly different. And I'm only bringing this up because I had this conversation a little bit earlier with my guy, Amin El Hassan. And the thing is with Deion Sanders, he's the head coach at Jackson State University, but we all know him mm-hmm. as prime. He's the Hall of Famer from the National Football League. And with Dion, uh, it was a clip that came out this week. He and uh, I, I believe the, the radio announcer for Jackson State University, uh, they had this conversation and Dion said, hey, man, you know, talk to me the way you normally talk to me. Talk yeah. to me the normal way you talk to me. And so I thought that was funny just because sometimes there is different ways in which we talk to people, depending on the audience that we are talking to. And I know for you, it's different. You have different audiences, whether it's your colleagues from school, whether it's your colleagues in the locker room. And now the people who are listening to your podcast, when you hear people say that, oh, man, he's talking differently. What do you say to that? Yeah, man, that's a uh, powerful question. I think that, you know, looking at at what coach did and and like it's it's two sides of the coin, because one, it's like coach is right. Like, I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. Like, you want to we want to get to a point as people where it's like we can be who we are and like, you know, who's, you know, who's the gatekeeper for how we're supposed to speak publicly and professionally. And like, why can't our, the way we talk be that, um, be that, that, that standard, you know what I'm saying? So um, I do get that from that sense, but from the other side, it's like, you know, those are things where it's like, you know, for me, it's, you know, family business stays family business, right? Like you, you finish the interview and then you pull them to the side, like, listen, bro, we don't have to, let's, let's do it differently next time. And it's also understanding like Dion, you, you Dion, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't, you, the, what you can do, understand your privilege. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, Absolutely. What, I understand that I can get away with certain things that other people can't get away with just mm-hmm. because I'm an athlete. I get that. Right. Um, so those are the things that, I, you know, that, one my mind went through but you know I think it's hard we have a, a a whole I think it was episode eight on the Obamas versus the Carters where you know we talk about whether you want to be Barack and Michelle uh or Jay-Z and Beyonce and this was you know a conversation brought up in my my household you know when Barack and Michelle were in the White House right and and you know I think the biggest thing is everybody's in a different phase of their life and their career And if you feel like that's what you need to do, it's almost like getting in character, you know, and that's some of the comments I saw in the video is like the rock when he goes out onto the field before the Super Bowl and he grabs the microphone and he's, if you, you know, like gets in the character, like he's he's getting in the character. You could also say, Hey, don't, don't, don't talk like that. Right. Well, no, I'm getting in the character because the cameras are on and this is my show. Right. And so I think that right now that negative connotation of the proper voice is ultimately it's separating us more than it should be just understanding like, yo, I'm, I'm respecting what you're doing, right? Like I, I see you on the platform and I see you doing what you need to do and being a professional to, to continue to open the gates for more people. And so I think that it's more important that we continue to take these seats and get these seats. Um, but it's more important that we continue to open it, the gates for other people. So I'm curious to know what your, your take on it was. Yeah, I mean, honestly, my, my take has always been this. Having, you know, doing broadcasting games, being a former player, you know, I do get that. You know, it's it's the being around your boys, you have a different dialect. You know, you talk differently. You say different words, but more so because they understand what you're saying and you understand what they're saying. 
But yet I always tell my guys who mess with me, like, man, why you sound like that on the air? Because I'm not talking to you. <laughs> like, dude, I'm not talking to you, man. I'm talking to an audience. And that audience could be from age five years old to 95. And the mm-hmm. way that I talk to you, they may not understand that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yep. I can't tell the audience out there, oh, he for sure got a touchdown. Like, they don't know what, mm-hmm. not everybody going to understand that. Now, but, I must definitely say that, you know what? To me, it looks like that should be a touchdown. What's the difference? Well, it's a big difference because not everybody can understand if I say it differently to you than differently to them. So my whole thing is try to be as true as you can to yourself, but always remember in the back of my mind, I've always said that, what if you're talking to, like, try to, Think about if you talk to your grandma. Think about you talk mm-hmm. to someone else who has never heard or seen anything that you've done. How would you talk to them about it? Right. You know what How I mean? How would you break it down? How would you yeah. break it down to them? And that was always stuck with me. But then if there's a forum in which we're talking somewhere else, then yes, you'll do it differently, Brandon, right? That, so that was yeah. always been my take, man. And I, I've, I've gone with that. And I think friends of mine understand that. And I think people understand that. Yeah, I think it's just it's it's communication, right? It's like understanding right. the room you're in, and and I think that you know again, some people are gonna look at it negatively, and I I I said this on the podcast episode, like I've worked my entire life to to not have to code switch, right? Like I mm-hmm. want to get to the where like I can talk on money music culture the same way I talk on CNBC, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm frequent on on that platform as well too. To- totally different audiences, right? But like that's the goal. It's like you want to get to the point where you can always be yourself. Jay-Z talks about that. Like I walk into a room and I don't change up. Jay-Z, right? Like, but he also said in in the song, and this is what you get from money music culture, right? It's like I show you how to move in a room full of vultures, right? Like mm-hmm. what that means at some point you walked into these rooms and you understood you had to navigate it differently, right? Like, and mm-hmm. so that's what people are doing when they have these platforms and they understand, okay, hey, when I walk in this room or when I get on air, I'm gonna talk like this or i'm going to really expound upon all of these different words and syllables so that my message hits because this is the room full of vultures right now and this is what i need to do to move and navigate through it and continue to advance my family myself etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's definitely layers to it as always it's, you know it's not black or white right but um but everybody's gonna to have to you know choose they they they, they side and go live their life by it you know mm-hmm. And this is the type of content that you will get on the MMC, the Money Music Culture Podcast on the SiriusXM Podcast Network. Make sure you go check it out. Man, Brandon, this has been a pleasure, dude. I appreciate it, man. Uh, Best of luck, not only in in your NFL endeavors, but also what you're doing off the field. And make sure everybody, listen, go download that Money Music Culture Podcast on the SiriusXM Podcast Network. Take a listen. And uh, make sure, where, where can they also find you at? Give give us all your your, your, uh, your your social media handles so they can write to you. I appreciate you. It's at bcope51, B-C-O-P-E-5-1 on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff. BrandonCopeland.com is my website. And then if you're interested in learning more about your money, life101.io. We got some free resources. We got some paid resources, e-courses, things like that. But, you know, however we can be helpful, hey, that's my, that's my mission, democratize the access to information. Brandon Copeland, man, we appreciate the time. Appreciate you, Kirk. Yeah, that's Brandon Copeland, the pride of Penn University, NFL baller, and now podcast host. More Forward Progress coming up next. You're listening to Sirius XM Radio. Radio. 
We now return to Forward Progress. Here's Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I know you're happy, man, right? NBA back. It's finally here. We get a chance to see it. And I know I'm excited, obviously, as a Warriors fan, as we tape this. Mm-hmm. My Warriors already want to know. That was good. But did you, you know, did you get goosebumps, Kirk, watching that ring ceremony last night? I did. You know, it's for me, it's the second one for me in terms of, uh, you know, the Rams, who I do the radio broadcast mm-hmm. network for them. They got uh, a ring this year. And then seeing my Warriors win mm-hmm. and to see them win. And I know this is, I know we don't have enough time. I mean, but I felt like this last one was different than the KD years and the first mm-hmm. year they won. This was this was one that was earned because it had a nucleus of guys who can lead this team into the future that may be. Yep for the, the, the post Steph years. So that's another so, side. That's, that's, that's when you have me on quick. NBA radio, you know, I could talk about that. <laughs> I'm going to say it real quick. I was yeah. at the, the game, the championship clinching game in 2015 and the, the after party in Cleveland. Yeah. And then the next, I didn't go to any of the other ones. And then I went to this one, 2022 in Boston. Right. And I'm going to tell you, the vibes were very similar. It mm. was that feeling of no one thought we could do this. Yeah. And we did it. And in 2015, the guys that were leading them in the future were Steph, Draymond, and Clay. Right. And now it's these young guys, Kaminga and Jordan Poole. And so definitely very similar vibes there. It felt like a first championship rather than a fourth championship. Yeah. See, that's and that's that's what you, you know, that's what gets me excited, man. Because you mentioned you have those guys who are there, but more importantly, Steph Curry. And mm-hmm. Steph Curry, to me, one of the faces of the NBA. And think about it. Opening night, you think, hey. The main focus is about starting the season. It's dropping the banner. It's putting the ring on. But Steph Curry actually wanted to make sure he got a shout out. He wanted to shout out mm-hmm. a very special birthday to someone to keep the fight going. Here's Steph Curry on opening night. I want to continue to use our platform and the opportunity to shout out a very special member of the basketball community. Brittany Griner's birthday is today. She's 32 years old. We want to continue to let her name be known, and we pray that it's been 243 days since she's been wrongfully uh, incarcerated in Russia. We hope that she comes home soon and everybody's doing their part to get her home. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Steph mm-hmm. Curry right there, keeping it the main thing, talking about, hey, Brittany Griner, happy birthday. We ain't forgot about you. We still miss you. Think about how over 240 plus days that she has been detained over in Russia. Um, I'm still just as shocked that she's still over there. Uh, I know that what she's, you know, she's pleaded guilty to already, but to think that she's still over there and not over here on home soil, man. I mean, I'm still, I'm still shocked by that. I mean, yeah. I mean, Kirk, I'll be honest with you. I forgot. Yeah. Straight up when he mentioned like, Oh, that's right. She's still over there. She's still in prison. She's still dealing with this. And it reminded me of the Jay-Z lyric where he says, don't worry, Brooklyn, I continue to flame so a world with amnesia won't forget your name. Mm. And that was at the time Jay-Z used to quote a lot of Biggie lyrics in his own stuff. And people said, oh, this guy's just, he's biting or whatever. No, no, he's not biting. He is continuing this guy's legacy, his friend's legacy through his own music because he realized if I don't do it, People are just going to forget about him, forget about what he did and forget about who he was. And he'll just be lost into the, you know, the sands of time. 
And I think Steph did the same thing. He knows if we don't continue to talk about Brittany Griner, people like me are going to forget. Mm-hmm. So much happened in the world. So much to draw our attention away. Right. Both things that deserve our attention and things that aren't. Things that are frivolous. And so the only way we continue to fight for her and care about her as a whole, not the individuals who know her personally, but as a community, is if people are reminding us. And that's what Steph did. It was very cool that he took time out of technically his day and their day of celebration to say, no, 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 you guys are all happy. (laughs) And this is one of those distractions. But let's not forget, there is a young woman thousands of miles away who was wrongfully imprisoned. I'm glad you said uh, you took, uh, you know, took that on the, on the chin from me because I forgot too. <laughs> I'm glad you admitted you're it real. though, man. But <laughs> I'm, I'm I, I real. Like, like you mentioned, you're real. Because eh? I was like, man, I, until it, when, when Steph said that, I was like, wow. First of all, happy birthday to her, right? That's number mm-hmm. one. That was the one thing, like, man, happy birthday, Brittany. But then when you realize that, man, this is almost coming up on a full calendar year. We're mm-hmm. not too far away from a full calendar year that she's been detained over in Russia. I'm sitting there like, and so I'm glad that he was able to say that mm-hmm. to now bring that discussion back up because there's no way that she should still be over there. There's no way. I know the WNBA mm-hmm. season is over with the Las Vegas aces. They take it. And it was like, Hey, women's basketball was at the forefront and we saw it for a little bit. And now when the women's WNBA is done with, you kind of don't hear from the women's game. And so she's, mm-hmm. Not necessarily on everybody's focus. You know, the NFL is back, college football, Kanye yep. saying whatever he wants. There's so many other different things mm-hmm. that's taking us away from Brittany. And now for Steph to say that, man, again, I uh like I feel guilty that I myself have forgot that Brittany Griner is no, still over there. But Kirk, the reality is, like I said, we are distracted constantly. And sometimes the distractions are real and valid. Man, like it's real stuff happening in the world. Right. Uh, there's there's you know what's happening in iran you know with the the protests of it like that's real stuff and then sometimes we're distracted by silliness like oh man <laughs> russell wilson's really struggling <laughs> you know like like oh man like oh lebron said they don't have enough lasers out there like those are frivolous compared to what's happened to britney griner right but that's just the reality we, we that's why we need people to remind us we shouldn't feel guilty about forgetting but now that's brought to our attention, we can renew our kind of our vigor about that. Yeah. And I'm glad that also, too, Adam Silver was there, the, mm-hmm. the commissioner of the National Basketball Association, that he knows that he is on notice to make sure that that message is still getting across as well. Man, Woo, what a great show that we had today, man. Special thanks, as always, uh, to our producer, Pernell Brown. Appreciate my guy, Amin, hopping in, pinch hitting. For Jason Jackson today. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, Brandon Copeland, former linebacker or current linebacker of the National Football League, the host of the Money, Music, and Culture podcast. Thank him for joining us as well. For Jason Jackson, who was out, I'm Kirk Morrison. Can't wait to do this again next week, right here on Forward Progress. We'll catch you next time. Forward Progress is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.